0: So let's go right into the word and I want to share um, what God has laid in my heart for this week. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Judges chapter 6 verse 14. Judges chapter 6 verse 14. It's a passage uh, where we find about the life of Gideon. And uh, Gideon is a character that most of us might know. Even if you've forgotten about Gideon in the Bible, you'll remember the Gideon ministry that's, that distributes Bibles. <laughs> it's a very famous uh very familiar organization most of us know and they do some great work all over all over the world. And uh, many lives have been impacted through that. So even if you don't know the character Gideon, you'll know the organization that distributes Bibles. Judges chapter 6 verse 14. We're going to look at that passage and learn some important things from the life of Gideon. Because the life of Gideon was something, you know, he he was not the kind of man we would... Uh, look up to as a mighty valor or a mighty man but God uses a weak vessel God uses a man like Gideon to bring about a great victory and when we look at the life of Gideon we are always reminded of this very significant truth that God uses the weakest vessel to shine his greatest glory amen so I'm gonna take you through this passage and uh, help you understand what we see in the life of Gideon in Judges chapter 6 verse 14, the Lord turned to Gideon. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Amen. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. If you look at the life of Israelites you know around this time in history, they were greatly oppressed by the Midianites. They were greatly oppressed by the Midianites to a point where Israel, The Israelites would sow the seed, you know, they would, by the time, you know, the harvest comes around, the Midianites would come in and destroy their fields completely. So there was a lack of food, you know, they were not able to live a normal life because they were constantly oppressed by the Midianites now around this time the people of Israel cry out to God for deliverance and God comes down and ministers to Gideon and speaks to him and gives him a calling to go for battle against the Midianites so that you know God can give them a victory a deliverance from the oppression of the Midianites so God speaks to Gideon and tells him go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand Now, as we read this passage, maybe this is a reminder for some of you who are challenged by certain situations or circumstances surrounding your life. Because, you know, many times you feel weak, you feel helpless, not sure how to handle the situation, not sure what to do, not sure how to face your tomorrow. And I believe that as we meditate on this word, God will remind us that go in the strength that you have. I know sometimes, you know, when we look at certain circumstance, certain situation, there's a lot of fear in our heart, but a little bit of strength. God says, go in that strength you have. God speaks the same word to Gideon when Gideon was at the lowest point in his life. At a time when Israelites were tormented by the Midianites. They were such ruthless people. The people of Israel cried out to the Lord for deliverance and God heard their prayer. Now, I want you to note something very interesting here. There might have been in Israel, you know, people who are better than Gideon, probably stronger than Gideon, probably bolder than Gideon or more courageous than Gideon. But God comes to Gideon. Observe, you know, look at the man whom God chooses. Gideon, if you read about his life, he was a man who was weak. He was a man who felt like a failure. He was a man who was disappointed. He was a man who was feeling that God has abandoned Israel. He was thinking, where are the signs? Where are the miracles? Where are the wonders? He was a man with many questions, but God comes to Gideon. Many times it's easy to think that God will work with people who have the perfect amount of faith, who have no doubts, no questions. You know, we we always tend to think that God chooses the very polished ones, the perfect ones, but look at whom God comes to. He comes to the one who is weak, to the one who is doubting, to the one with questions, to the one who felt like God has abandoned Israel. A man who was thinking, where are the miracles? Where Where are the stories that we heard about? We don't see God doing that in our life today. Sometimes, you know, we may be feeling like that. We may be thinking, you know, I remember a time when God did so many miracles in my life, but what about my life now? Where are those miracles? I wonder if God is really working in my life. Gideon was thinking the same way, but God comes to him. God appears to him. And if you look at Judges chapter 6, verse 12, Judges 6, 12, God comes to him. By the way, whenever you see the phrase, you know, whenever you see the phrase, the angel of the Lord, and if the Lord is in capitals, remember this: it is Jesus in his pre-incarnate form. Okay. Sometimes people will say, "Where is Jesus in the Old Testament?" This is Jesus here. So, angel of the Lord was another phrase that was used to refer to Jesus. So, angel of the Lord, and if the Lord is in capital, it is Jesus. So God appears to Gideon and uh, he tells him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You know, this statement, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, would have, you know, gone through like arrows into Gideon's heart. Would have gone through like arrows into Gideon's heart. Because if you look at Gideon's life, just like I shared a couple of minutes ago, He was feeling that God has abandoned Israel. And also, if you go to the later part of the chapter, you will see that Gideon feels like he is the weakest in his family. He is like the least in his family and his family line is the weakest in Manasseh. But what does God tell him here? Hey you mighty warrior. I want you to observe something here, something very beautiful. God will always call us based on who he created us to be. Let me say that one more time. God will always call us based on who he created us to be and not based on our circumstance or situation that we are facing right now. See, sometimes we may be going through a very difficult circumstance but God will call us to do something else. And we might be thinking, God, look at my life. My life is such a mess. You know, this is the situation I'm going through. This is the challenge I'm dealing with. I have so many things, I have so many doubts, so many weakness in my life, but God will say, hey, you mighty warrior. You know why God says that? God says that because he has created you to be a mighty warrior. So he will always call us to call us to serve him based on who he created us to be and not just based on our circumstance or our human limitations, amen, so God, so look at this, you know Gideon did not feel like a warrior, in fact, there was no evidence in the Bible to suggest that Gideon had tried to fight battles before nothing there was there was there is no verse in the Bible that tells us that he was a leader or something in fact if you if you look at his life you know if you look at his position in in Judges chapter six verse 11. In Judges 6:11, it says like this, "The angel of the Lord, let me put this verse for you: the angel of the Lord came down and sat under the oaken opera that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites." So you look at what's happening here. Gideon is sitting in a very obscure place. He's like sitting in the secret. Secretly threshing wheat in a wine press. And if you look, read this passage carefully, just the way he is threshing the wheat shows that there's not much wheat left. You know, he's threshing a small quantity of wheat in a secret place so that the Midianites will not come and uh, torment him or take the wheat away. So you look at his life, he was afraid, he was timid, he was weak, and he was afraid because anything can happen to him. But what does God say to Gideon? You mighty warrior. <laughs> you mighty warrior. Probably if, if we were in a position like that, like Gideon, and if God comes and tells us, hey, mighty warrior, I wonder how we would react. I wonder how we would react. Maybe we would laugh and say, who, me? I am a mighty warrior? No way. He would say, "There's, there's no way. I'm a mighty warrior because look at my life. I'm afraid. I'm weak. I you know. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm afraid to face the tomorrow. And God is telling me that I'm a mighty warrior. We must understand this important truth that God will call us and look us based on the way He created us to be, not based on our circumstances." Because our present circumstance may make us seem like a failure. Our present circumstance may make us seem like our life is worthless. Some of us might be greatly discouraged because of all that is happening in our life. But God will tell us, God will say to us, hey mighty warrior, hey victorious one. Why? Because he has created us to be the victorious one. No matter what you face, I want you to understand this: God's purpose and His plans for you are much greater than what you are experiencing today. I want you to know, this church, that God sees us differently than in the way in which we see ourselves. You now, we will always see ourselves in a very different way. Sometimes we'll say, "What? What is the point of you doing this? You trying that? Nothing is working out. Just don't do anything. You are a failure. You can't do much. You know." Sometimes we might beat ourselves down, but God sees us differently. The enemy will come and tell us that, hey, you're worth nothing. Nobody likes you. You You're worthless. He will tell us lies that will literally break us apart. He will tell us lies that you cannot overcome this addiction. You cannot overcome this habit. But guess what God will do? He will call you an overcomer. Amen. He will call you an overcomer. When it comes to our personal life, we must pay attention to what God says about us more than what we are experiencing. Because when we look at here, what's happening here in Gideon's life, God appears to Gideon and says, God is with you, mighty warrior. And if you look at what Gideon responds, you know, in in verse 13, he says like this, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, Why has all this happened to us? Where are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midian. Gideon says that. And to which God responds in verse 14. He says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Now, there is something interesting you should see. And, uh, you know, when you read your Bible, always read the conversations that God has with human beings. The conversation between God and human beings. Because it's very interesting. You look at what Gideon says in verse 13. He's saying, where are the miracles? Where are all the wonders? And he's saying, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given into the hand of the Midian. Now, if we were there in, in the place of God telling Gideon, hey, go do this, and Gideon responds saying, where are the miracles, and he asks all these questions, we would immediately start giving, you know, reasons why this happened, why that happened, and why uh, you should do this, and we would do all that. But rather, you see, God does not respond to what Gideon says, because God knows Gideon is discouraged. But rather, God goes on to tell him or give him his calling. God does not respond to all the weakness and everything that he has, but he continues to tell him about the calling. You know why? Again, God looks us based on who he created us to be. Who he created us to be. And in verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. You see what is happening here, this conversation between God and Gideon, go in the strength you have. God tells him, go in the strength you have. But Gideon says, I'm a weak man. My family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. Which means, you know, Gideon would have had brothers or uncles or someone who was better than him. Gideon is saying, I'm the least in my family. But God's message to Gideon is, I have chosen you. And go in the strength you have. Go in the strength you have. I hope you're coming along with me. As we look at this passage, there are two important things that I would like to share with you. Two important things. First, God's call will come to us in our weakest moments god's call will often come to us in our weakest moments and second is this second truth that i want to share with you is this that you are destined for victory that you are destined for victory and not defeat these are two things i would like to share with you and let's look at the first one god's call will often come to us in our weakest moments You know, God has a very special way in which He works. That is, often He will call us to serve Him or accomplish His purpose in probably some of our weakest moments. And let me put it this way. He will call us to serve Him or fulfill His purpose when we don't feel ready for it. When we don't feel ready for it. I hope you're understanding this. This is what God does to Gideon. And if you read Judges chapter 6, You won't see any clue, any indication to say that Gideon was fully ready and waiting for the call. There's no indication to say that he was waiting for the call of God to destroy the Midianites. If at all it says anything, it portrays Gideon as the one who was not fully prepared for the battle. Now, some might ask this question, so why does God call us at a time when we are very weak? Why does God use us at times when we are not even fully ready for the task why the reason is because god desires that we depend more on his strength instead of our own strength see when we are faced with an impossible challenge in our life what god desires is that we as his children depend on him depend on his on the strength that comes from him and if you look at the bible since the beginning this was god's plan if you read about how God brought Israel out of Egypt, it was because of God's strength and not because of Moses. If you read about how Israel won battles, it's not because of the great leaders that they had or great kings they had. It was all because of God's strength. If you look at Psalm 44 verse 3, Psalmist says like this, It was not by the sword that they won the land, not did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand, your arm and the light of your face for you loved them. Psalmist is saying, that it is not the sword that brought them, that won the land, nor did their arm bring them victory. It was your right hand. The right hand here is a reference to God's strength and God's power. So Psalmist says, it's not their strength, it's not their might, but it is your power that gave them the land, gave them the victory. And in the same Psalm, in verse 5, Psalmist David prays like this saying, Through you we push back our enemies. Through your name, we trample our foes. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not bring me victory. But you give us victory over our enemies. And you put our adversaries to shame. You see what David is saying here. I put no trust in my bow. My sword does not give me victory. But who gives me victory? It is you who gives victory over our enemies and you who put our adversaries to shame. If Israel won battles, if David won battles, it was because of God's strength. David was able to take over Goliath. Why? Because the spirit of God was on him. It was because of God. You compare the size of Goliath and David. You know, Goliath could defeat or destroy David any day. But it was the spirit of God that enabled him to take over a giant. This was simply because God's design, God's design is that we as his children rely on him more for strength than look to anyone else for strength. That is why the call of God will come to us in our weakest moments. That is why God will lead us into new paths. He will open new doors and grant new opportunities at a time when we won't feel like we are ready for it. And he does it, you know why? Because he wants wants us to completely rely on his strength. Some of you might be facing a personal crisis, going through tough times. And in these times, God will instruct you to take a certain path. And we we might say, Lord, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I'm capable. I don't know if I can handle that. That is when God will say, go in the strength that you have. Take a step of faith in obedience to God's guidance. I tell you, when you do that, when you do that, heavens will be open for you. You will witness the ministry of angels in your life. You'll witness favor coming from unexpected places. You'll witness the provision of God in miraculous ways. Someone you met 10 years ago will call you and say, hey, I want to help you. I want to stand with you. I want to help you with what you're doing. God will give you connections from the places you have least expected. You will experience all of this when you go forward trusting in God and relying on his strength completely. I want to exhort you today. I don't know what season of life that you may be going through. I don't know if God is calling you to do something specific. I don't know if God is opening a new door, a new opportunity that sometimes you're too scared of walking into or grabbing that opportunity. You're too scared of it. Maybe God is leading you to move to another place. Maybe you're saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't have the resources. I feel weak. I feel unprepared. I don't know if I will ever succeed. You might be battling with a lot of doubts. You might, and you might be facing you know, circumstances that make you feel like you cannot amount to anything. But no matter what you're going through, I want you to remember that in your weakness, when you feel like that you don't have enough, God will fill you with his strength as you take that step forward. You look at the life of Gideon. I mean, at every stage, at every stage, he battled with doubts. God asked him to do something and he asks for a sign. He says, God, if it's you, give me a sign. If it's you, show me that. Show me this. He's battling with doubts because in the back of his mind, he's like, what if I lose this battle? What if something happens to me? What if we lose it all again? He battled with doubts in his mind. But you know what he continued to do every day? Even though he had those doubts, even though he was afraid, you know what he continued to do? He did not let his doubts stop him from obeying God. Even though Gideon had doubts, he did not let his doubts, his weakness to stop him from obeying God. You know, many times we disobey God because we have doubts in our mind. Doubts, you know, we'll have doubts that, is it it going to happen just as God said? I don't know. We might say, you know, I know God has guided me to do something like this, but is it going to happen in just the same way? The lesson that you can learn from the life of Gideon is, though he had doubts, though he was a weak man, he never allowed his doubts to stop him from following God. He never allowed his weakness to stop him from obeying God. I don't know what you might be experiencing in your life today. You might be feeling really weak, and you might be feeling very incapable. You might have a lot of doubts. But don't stop obeying God. Don't let your doubts lead you to disobedience. See, let me tell you something practical. I've, I've been to Bible college, studied there, and I've spent a lot of years of my life, even before coming to ministry, studying the Bible. And even right now, I'm doing my next degree, studying about the Bible. My life has been all about the Bible for, you know, from the time I was 17 Do I have doubts? Yes, I do. Do I feel weak? Yes, I do. No matter how much we can grow in the faith, there will always come a time when we'll kind of doubt, you know, God, is this really true? You know, is this really the way in which you work? Sometimes we will have doubts and questions, and that is because of our human nature. That's because we are still in the flesh and we are living in a world that is surrounded by temptation, surrounded by temptation on every side. And, and instead of allowing those doubts to take us over, we must walk by faith every day. Doubts will come, unnecessary thoughts will come. But we should say, Lord, I'm not going to let my doubts disobey you. I'm going to obey you no matter how I feel, no matter what I feel. Notice Gideon, though he had fear, though he had doubts, he did not stop obeying God. We might have a mix of emotions going on in us. We might keep hearing different voices in our mind. The voice of fear will talk to us. The voice of doubt will speak to us. And in the midst of all that, we have to tune our hearts and minds to hear that voice of truth. Because as you focus more on faith, more on trusting in God, more on obeying God, as you march forward, you will see the victory. As you march forward, you will see the victory. Amen. This, this leads to my next point, that is, you are destined for victory. You are destined for victory. You can look at yourself and, and say to yourself that you are destined for victory, that I am destined for victory. You look at the life of Gideon, you know, his, his story does not end up in failure, but ends up in great victory. And this reminds us that when God's children put their hope and trust completely in the Lord and they move forward depending on the strength that comes from God, here's what you need to know. Victory is guaranteed. Here's what you need to understand. Victory is guaranteed when you trust completely in the Lord. Irrespective of how you feel today irrespective of how you might be feeling I want you to know this church that you and I are destined for victory I remember when we vacated our old building you know in Balmata at the end of April there was a lot of mixed emotions going on in my mind when we are just breaking down everything shifting everything moving things apart uh, from one place to another Um, though I was doing a lot of things in the back of my mind I'm like what am I doing what am I doing I don't have place I don't have money for the next place I don't have enough money to move into the facility that we have seen the new one and I'm already vacating out of this place what we had done is we had taken up a, a, a small room about 300 square feet just to keep our things for two months and so we were shifting to that, but then in the back of my mind, I'm like, what am I going to do for the new place? Eventually, when we have to have a service, what am I going to do? How are the costs for interiors that are going to be paid? You know, Electrical wiring, there are so many things that need to be done. There was fear coming in my heart. And, and, and let me tell you, to be honest, there have been times I felt like maybe I should call up the old owner and tell him, you know, Let's, we'll continue in your own place, you know, in, in the, the same place. Times have felt like that. And in the midst of all that God continued to strengthen me and continue to guide me to make that exit. It was a lot of mixed emotions. I was sitting in my room here in the same place and I was thinking, did I do a mistake? Did I do something wrong? Did I do a mistake? And throughout that process, God allowed me to, you know, never let my doubts overtake my faith. And I continued to put forward, you know, continue to push forward. And I saw God miraculously work people of God came and stepped in and said, how much do you need? You know, This is how much you need. We're going to pay for it. We're going to pay for the building deposit. And it got paid. And now that we're doing interiors, I know God will do miracles. If he has brought us this far, I tell you, he will lead us forever. And your life and my life is destined for victory. We might hear the voice of failure very strong in our minds. We wake up, we will hear those voices of failure. When we, before we go to sleep we will be haunted by those thoughts of failure we will be hearing those voices that will tell us maybe something bad is going to happen to us but let me remind you this let me tell you this let me tell you this that the God whom you worship Jesus whom you and I worship will never let us down he'll never let us down because you and I are destined for victory when we take a step forward when we put our faith in the Lord, when we take a step forward and say, God, I don't know, I'm experiencing a lot of mixed emotions, but I'm going to trust in you. I tell you, when you put that trust in the Lord, you will see miracles happen. You will be victorious. Amen. Now, when I talk about victory, I also want to let you know that victory doesn't mean that you will experience no failures victory doesn't mean that you will not f- experience failures at all in fact part of god's plan to lead you into victory you know there'll be certain stages of life where you will experience failures and and all of that is again god's plan and his purpose he is sovereign in a way that even those failures will turn out to be for your own good but ultimately ultimately no matter what you face no matter what failures might come ultimately you will end up in a victorious place. You will be victorious. So every time we trust in the Lord, every time we obey God and trust Him, though it may seem very risky, remember this, that you are stepping into a place of victory. You are stepping into a place of victory. You look at Proverbs 21:31. It says like this, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Victory rests with the Lord. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says like this, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You may sometimes think, Well, I know what I have to do. I can handle this. I have the connections. I have people who can help me. And... And, you know, the more we think that I have the connections to make this thing work out, that is the very thing we will fail at. That is the very thing we'll fail at. And sometimes I believe God will allow that to happen just to remind us that our connections are of no use. Our, 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 our wisdom and our strength is sometimes of, of no use, but rather he wants us to depend on him completely. The moment we become overconfident in ourselves and stop trusting in God, we are stepping into a place of failure. But the moment we say, some will trust on horses, some will trust on chariots, but we trust in the name of God. The moment we say that, we will step into a place of victory look at the life of Gideon when God called Gideon Gideon may not have been fully aware of this truth that he was destined for victory he may not he may not have been aware of it one side Gideon's life he was desperate for deliverance he was tired of everything that was happening and but 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 he trusted in God believed in what God was telling him to do he may not have been fully aware of the fact that he was destined for victory And you look at what God does with Gideon and his men. Judges chapter 7 verse 2 to 8. Once Gideon gets his men together, you know, he is still that same man in his weakness. He's desperate for deliverance, but God is still working through him. And you see what God is doing here in Judges chapter 7 verse 2 to 8. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midianites into their hand or Israel would boast against me. Boast against me, my own strength has saved me. And you go on to, if you read verse 3, see what God says. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 20,000 men left while 10,000 remained. God is telling Gideon, Gideon listen, I cannot deliver Midianites into their hands or Israel would boast saying that we won the battle. And God says, announce to the army, whoever is afraid. If there is anyone that's afraid, leave. And so 20,000 people leave that day. 20,000 men leave that day. And 10,000 remained. Which which tells us that there were about 30,000 men that Gideon had to fight the battle against um, the Midianites. And you go further and read. In verse 4, God tells Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. Look at what God is doing here. He's downsizing the army, downsizing the army. Gideon, at this point, may not have been aware of the fact that he is destined for victory. But you see the way in which God works. You know, sometimes the way in which God works will make us feel like God, I don't know if I can ever succeed. Sometimes the path through which God will lead us may seem so scary for us. It will be the riskiest thing that we have ever done in our life. But I tell you, no matter how it seems, you are destined for victory. You are destined for victory. Let us look at the life of Gideon. You know, in in verse 5, so Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues as dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. Okay, now we come to verse 6. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. Verse 6. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. Now God is filtering out some people here. And in verse 7, the Lord said to Gideon, With 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. Let all the others So, what is the size of Gideon's army in the beginning? What is the size of Gideon's army? 30,000 men. 30,000 men. And what is the size that God brought it down to finally? What is the size God brought it down to? 300. If you you do the math, if you do the math, it's like going from 100% to 1%. Not 10%, not 20%. God downsizes from three, sorry, from 30,000 to 300 from 100% to 1% see that is why I say sometimes the path that God will lead you may seem so risky may so, so risky it will seem like God I don't know if this is the right thing because it seems like I'm putting my life on the line it, it seems like I cannot be victorious in this I don't know I'm just thinking, what Gideon would have thought, you know? In the morning he had thirty thousand men, and by evening he had three hundred men were left with him. You know, I don't know about you, but if I was there in that place, you know, if that was me, I would be freaking out. I'd be like, God, what are you doing? From thirty thousand to 100 percent to one percent of the men I had. You know, God is teaching something here. He is reminding Gideon something here. And this is also a reminder for us that the victory that we will receive, the victory that we have, is not in the number, it's not in the quantity, it's not in the amount of people that we know, not in the connections that we have, it's not in how many people stand with you. It's not in all that. But victory is in the one who goes before you. Your victory isn't the one that goes before you. You must understand that you and I are destined for victory. Why? It's not because of who we are and what we have. It is because of who goes before us. You look at the Israelites, when they came out of the land of Egypt, God went before them as a pillar of cloud in the morning and as pillar of fire in the night. And you look at the, you, if you read the Jewish commentary, the Jewish commentators say that the pillar of cloud that went ahead of the Israelites and the pillar of fire that went ahead of the Israelites cleared out the path for them so that snakes won't bite them, so that nothing will afflict them on their way. And you look at the Bible, the sandals of the Israelites did not wear out for 40 years. Sandals of the Israelites did not wear out. Can you imagine, you know, how many times our sandals wear out, you know, within six months, within a year or two. For 40 years, they were kept safe on their way. You know why? Because of the God who went before them. I want you to remember this church that when God goes before you, when God goes before you, at the end of it all, there will be victory. And that is why I want you to know that you are destined for victory. No matter how complicated your life might seem today, God is able to give you the victory. Able to give you the victory. God tells Gideon go with this might of yours because God knows when a man is weak he will trust him more. God knows when a man is afraid he knows that he will trust him. And for a man who trusts in God God can do wonderful things through his life. Wonderful things through his life. I don't know where you are today and what you might be experiencing but I believe truly that God wants you to walk by faith and not by sight he wants you to take that step forward he wants you to move ahead in faith I know this situation is challenging for you I know it may not seem like you can get the victory but I want you to know because God is going before you you are destined for victory You are destined for victory. Don't be afraid of what might come in your way. Don't be afraid of the things that will come in your life. Don't be afraid of the complications that you have. Don't be afraid of the mess in your life. I tell you, one day God will turn all that into a victorious one. You might be stepping into a very risky place. Anything can happen to you. Just like God downsized the army of Gideon from 30,000 men just to 300 Maybe God is turning around certain things in your life and you're telling God, I don't know if I can handle this. Maybe I'm too old for this. I don't know if I can do this, but I want you to know, I want you to know that you are destined for victory. Victory is not in the number. Victory is not in the amount of people that you know, not how much influence you have. Victory is in the one who goes before you. One who goes before you. When you allow God to work I tell you you will see miracles you will see wonders people who were against you will come down to help you and you'll be wondering how did this happen how did that work out I, we might say I don't know I'm, I don't know how this all fell into place we might be we might be surprised at what's happening and the reality is Because you put God first. Because you took that step of faith. Because you went out in the strength that you had. You are witnessing the miracles of God. No matter where you are in life today, I encourage you to put your trust continually in the Lord. Because He will never put you to shame. The Bible says those who look unto Him are radiant. Their faces are radiant. Psalmist says I've been young and I've been old but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging for bread you worship the God of angel armies he can fight the battles for you allow him to go before you I, I, you know when I look at the life of Gideon I realize that throughout all of that God was strengthening him, strengthening his faith. I mean, imagine having a big army one day and then losing it all. It was a process. God led that, led him through that process, just so that Gideon will learn to trust in him more. And you look at the the end of it all, Israel experienced 40 years of of peace from the Midianites. The Midianites did not oppress them for 40 years. A little obedience, little faith, small strength. God takes a weak man to accomplish a great task. You might be incapable in your own eyes, but God says, I need you. Remember this God will shine his greatest glory through a weakest vessel because he is able to strengthen anybody at any place at any time. I don't know where you are today but I believe God is calling you to take that risk to step into that new place to go go forward in the might of yours in the strength that you have. When you do that you will see God do wonders in your life. Don't let the voice of fear, the voice of doubt lead you to disobedience. Don't allow that to lead you to disobedience, but tell God, God, I want to trust in you no matter how difficult it seems. I want to trust in you. Tell the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for what you've spoken to us today. Thank you for reminding us through your word It's that it's not by Power, not by might, but by the Spirit, but by your Spirit. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests in the Lord. Father, we know that you and I, that that we are destined for victory because of who you are in our life. That we are more than conquerors because of who you are for us. You are the victorious one. You are the Lion of Judah. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the God who gives victory in battle. And we praise you for that. Thank you for reminding us, O Lord, that you will call us in our weakest moments when we feel like we cannot do anything. And also thank you for reminding, Master. Thank you for reminding that we are destined for victory. We thank you, Lord, for what you've spoken to us, what you've reminded us through your word. And even as we depart from this service, we pray that, Lord, that this word of yours will rest in our heart. This word will rest in our heart that every single day we will walk by faith and not by sight. Help us, O Lord, we pray. Help us, Master. We thank you for all that you've done. Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done in our midst today and all that you are going to do. We love you in Jesus name we pray amen and amen and amen amen before I say the benediction I want to encourage you spend some time after the service and think about the ways in which God is leading you if God is leading you take a step of faith and you will be victorious amen do not let doubts lead you to disobedience do not let fear lead you to disobedience always listen to the voice of God Always listen to his word and you will be victorious in everything that you do. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Shall we close our eyes in benediction? May the love of our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us for now and forevermore. Now and forevermore. Amen. amen.